Thankfully, Brian Nardo had a successful recruiting weekend, especially in the state of Texas. The Big 12 race not only is heating up, but it's also given us an indication as to what the talent gap concerns are for Oklahoma State. You are Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, y'all, and hello, all. Welcome back to Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily stop for all things cowboy and cowgirl related. My name is Cody Stovall. I want to thank you for stopping by to make this your first listen here on Locked On Oklahoma State. You know we're available on every single podcasting platform visually as well on YouTube. Find me personally on Twitter, at all day, O State Today. Brought to you by FanDuel, America's official sports book, and the official sports book of Locked On. Make every moment matter more right now because our new customers can bet $5 and get $200 back in bonus bets guaranteed. Well, another thing that is, in fact, guaranteed that we get to move on now and explore some of the things that we can do to take home the W this Friday in Stillwater against the Kansas State Purple Power Cats. But one thing that this Big 12 slate over the weekend did show me was there might be a talent gap issue at Oklahoma State, but I don't think it's necessarily from the players' side of things. Like, whenever you watch some of the other offensive lines in the league and some of the things that they're able to do from a creative standpoint, especially offensively, I don't think that you can make the argument that Ollie Gordon isn't as talented as a lot of the other running backs in the Big 12. I think. You can make the same case for some of the wide receivers like Dijon Stribling, obviously Brennan Presley, Jaden Bray, you know, a little bit of a butterfinger scenario recently, but whenever he's fully engaged, he can compete with the best of them. And then you look at the defensive side of the ball. Kendall Daniels has already proven it to be a freshman All-American, as was Colin Oliver. Colin Oliver looks to be much more comfortable in the role of linebacker now, especially that the defense is able to do a little bit more. Kendall Daniels, he's always going to have opportunities. But, but again, if you just picture some of our guys and some of these other offensive design sets, I, I don't think that you can say that we don't have the talent. If you put Ollie Gordon or some of these other guys in these innovative, creative offensive systems, then we're not having this conversation. Right, As much as I don't want to glorify anything that OU and Texas are doing, they look pretty daggone decent. And we knew that KU offensively you know, did a lot to isolate linebackers and get the matchups that they wanted on the football field. Steve Sarkeesian is very good at that. Like some of the misdirection that, that you saw all across the Big 12 this weekend, there's so many offenses that are very creative and innovative, and they find ways to get the matchups that they want or numerically find advantages on the other side of the field, whether it be the backside play action. I saw some naked bootlegs into some concepts that are naked in of, them, of themselves because there's times where the quarterbacks are faking one way to a fullback and then faking a pitch the other way to a running back just to run five feet, pull up, and throw the ball. And it's all designed. So, again, I, we, we do have a talent gap, but it's not, I don't think, from a player standpoint. It's from a scheme standpoint. It's from 
putting your players in the best positions to be successful, right? Your wide receivers, if you got guys that you know that can make people miss, you got to get get them the ball in one-on-one situations. Same goes for, you know, the running backs. You would like them to be on a one-on-one situation with a safety or even to some degree a linebacker in space. So you can scheme your guys in formations and you can do shifts and you can do multiple shifts and you can do things that schematically put you in the best positions possible. That is where I see the biggest difference between Oklahoma State and most everybody else in the Big 12. So when you look at the bottom part of the Big 12, which we're going to talk about a little bit in the race, it's not a scheme thing. Like Cincinnati's a perfect example over the weekend. From a production standpoint, they did very, very well. It just hurt them. Untimely penalties, kicking field goals, or putting yourself in positions where you couldn't kick field goals because of some stupid mistakes. Bad clock management. Bad misuse of timeouts in ridiculous spots. You know, from a UCF perspective, instead of bleeding the clock, you're letting your quarterback snap the ball with 18, 23, 24 seconds left on the clock, and then you're throwing the ball, which helps the other team stop the clock. Some of the bottom teams, they're not getting beat schematically. They're beating themselves. And, and, and again, I think this is something that opened my eyes this previous weekend. What's, I, we don't have a talent deficiency. We have an inability to get our talent in lucrative situations where we can get those one-on-one matchups, where we can get to the second level of the defense to give the running back an opportunity to go one-on-one with a free safety, to get Brennan Presley in a position where all he's got to do is make a couple moves and, and make something happen. Tunnel screens, bubble screens, we use those ad nauseum. But again, some of the other offenses just in the Big 12 are adding new wrinkles, like multiple fakes in the backfield and, and the quarterback doing pop passes on different kinds of route concepts. It's just... Again, not a player issue. Offensively, we just don't scheme ways to open like almost anybody else in the league. We have the most predictable, unimaginative, non-creative offense in the league, and that was glaringly on display this last weekend. Now, we didn't you know, have to take a loss. We did have you know plenty of time to put ourselves in the best game plan matchup wise position for Kansas State. Now they had a bye week too, so they're going to be able to do the same thing. But again, when you look at the Big Twelve play this weekend, we have guys that are significantly more talented, especially individualistically. But we don't scheme them to get open. Guys, OU found ways to get Drake Stoops the ball that. Almost stubbornly, but they were very creative in how they did it. They didn't do the same play over and over, except for, like, if you look at West Virginia, West Virginia was doing exactly that. They were taking the plays that the defense gives them. We hear Gundy and talk, Gundy and Dunn talk about that quite often. We're going to take, you know, what the defense gives us. But you see some of these other offensive coordinators that they don't necessarily worry about that. They worry about how to get advantages whether it be numerically, whether it be speed, size, pulling guards, tackles. It's just we're in a different ballgame. Our play sheet is very elementary. When a lot of the other coordinators in the Big 12, they're not. They're not vanilla. They're not simple. 
they come at you all over the field with, with different ways. And you notice, right, there's some games where offensive coaches got a pretty good idea of what the rotation was going to be defensively. So every time that, that defense would rotate certain guys, they would go back to the same plays that worked when those guys were in the last time. And then when those guys would exit, they would change it. They'd go outside, inside, outside, outside, try to get some of those defenses that didn't have the two deep completely worn down. And then by the fourth quarter, they were able to run the ball a lot more successfully or they were able to take much more deep shots because the, the defense was scooting in so much. Just again, the creativity is the talent gap. Now, I, I don't know if it's just Gundy and Dunn can't be creative or innovative or if they feel like they're at a disadvantage because of certain positions, maybe the offensive line isn't good enough to do X, Y, or Z. But again, you go back to the crazy Danas. I mean, Houston got beat up a decent amount, but offensively, they put up numbers. The creative side of things is where I see the talent gap being the biggest letdown. That's the biggest differentiation that I can find is there. You know, another uh, def deficiency that you could potentially possibly exploit before we talk about the Big 12 race and what it means for us and some of the, the Cowboys is the advantages you're going to have on a game day if you're rocking with a athletic brewing. Hangovers are not fun. When you're young in life, it's not that big of a deal. But as you get older, you start to realize that it's not all that cool. But sometimes you do have an affinity for the, the taste of beer, especially when the Friday or Saturday that your team's playing is not going oh so hot. Athletic Brewing is the company that's going to help you have the best time without all of the negative connotations that come with alcohol. This is non-alcoholic revolutionization in the process. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. They're full-flavored and well-crafted, just like your typical full-strength beers. The brews are great-tasting and... Most of all, award-winning. And they beat out full-strength beers in global competitions all the time. They brew over 50 styles of craft, non-alcoholic beer, including IPAs, Golden, Sours, and more. They're always releasing new stuff. They are the right fit for all times. So you can drink them anytime, anywhere, to make any act activity a little bit more enjoyable. Watch the big game or your kid's game. Help with the tackling drills or get in on the tackling drills without the hangovers. That's the best part. You can find Athletic in-store, online, and at bars all across the country. They're the fastest-growing non-alcoholic brewery in the United States, so you need to get on board while the getting is good. Whether you have one or one too many, it doesn't matter anymore. They have revolutionized the drinking game. So do yourself a favor. And use promo code locked on to get yourself 15% off your first online order. Again, that is locked on, all one word, at checkout for 15% off, off at athleticbrewing.com. This is near beer. Exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company, get in on the game while the getting is good because it's fit for all times. All right. Exclusions and conditions apply. Some other exclusions and conditions that might unfortunately apply is the fact that we have to talk red river and that it might actually be decent it might be a decent football game nowhere near prepared to say texas is back but i am prepared to say they're better than i wanted to give them credit for in the beginning of the season the talent's never been a question we get it we see it but this is a big red river and here's a bright side somebody has to lose which means 
whoever takes the L this this Saturday is now in a position that one more Big 12 loss likely puts them out of viability for a Big 12 title game. Not exactly. Two losses is definitely not going to take you out of the picture. But the fact that one of these teams has to take a loss is a good thing. I think all of us can accept, right? Not love, but accept the idea that if OU or Texas were to make it to the Big 12 title game, not a great look, but as long as it's not both of them. Red River, round two, this year would not be a good look for the Big 12. And the Big 12 in and of itself. Guys, the parody's still there. It's not as fun. It's not as, uh, dare I say, pretty or sexy, maybe, as it was last year. But the parody still exists, which definitely makes the league still very, very fun, entertaining to watch. And this last weekend was more evidence of that. And again, you want to talk about the innovation, the creativity, seeing Cincinnati put up an insane amount of yards and not necessarily equal a W, Meanwhile, BYU found a way to intellectually find a way to get the dub. Of course, Cincinnati tripped and fell into a bunch of problems, penalties, bad management of clock and things of that nature. But Emory Jones was still able to almost go for 300 through the air, almost 100 by himself on the ground. And again, the creativity was there. The running back was actually very productive and fun to watch. It was a close game, like a lot of the Big 12 games are going to be. Kansas, Texas, yes, we went full rock, rock Jayhawk mode. And this is a, an example of when you have quite a bit of talent, as Kansas definitely has climbed up the ladder as far as being able to get and maintain talent, it's not having that superstar. When you have 21 guys that are pretty doggone good, right, and you have a couple that are all-conference, all-American types, and then you have that NFL style of guy, it completely revolutionizes what you're able to do, and it changes things. We saw that with Texas. They put up a pretty good fight in the first half, even you know when they lost Jalen Daniels in warm-ups. But this Texas team is pretty suffocating. And Steve Sarkeesian puts Quinn Ewers in situations where he can be successful. Jonathan Brooks runs for 218 yards. This is the dude that waited patiently behind B. John Robinson for quite some time when most people transfer out. Sure, NIL could help with that, but it, it realistically doesn't matter. They have a receiver go for 141. Kansas's defense just was on the field too much and had too much going against them. Same can be said with Iowa State. Iowa State, you know, they look better in the beginning of the game. Rocco Beck looked like an, he was going to have a continuation other than you know, the pick six of the Oklahoma State W. But oh, he was just too much. And Dylan Gabriel, almost 400 yards. Their creativity offensively, you know, it's still good. Dylan Gabriel misses guys deep, but a lot of the underneath stuff, a lot of the route concepts, a lot of the, the ways that they brought the backs out of the backfield and utilized the tight end game, which we're still not able to, to, to do a whole heck of a lot for whatever reason. It was annoying to see OU be that good, but Jeff Levy had Iowa State's number. Again, he would bring guys in and call different plays predicated upon who was rotating in, who was rotating out. You know, they they, they tested TJ Tampa a few times. Um, good game plan. Same with Houston, guys. You know, I've uh, been saying Baron Morton is a different animal for Texas Tech, and he was able to prove that, prove that on the field as they put up darn near 50 and 49 points. 
But the former Texas Tech Red Raider on the other side of the field, Donovan Smith for the Houston Cougars, puts up 336 yards. They have a very good wide receiver core. We got to see our main man, uh, Boogie, you know, get in there, do some stuff. Trace Ford had a pretty good game. He's having a pretty good season. Got two points instead of seven. That was kind of funny to watch. I even enjoyed watching Mason Cobb at USC, guys. I mean, <laughs> that was a great comeback by Colorado. Shout out to them. Glad they're going to be in, in the Big 12. And they made a good account for themselves. Back to the Big 12 picture. One of the most fun games of the entire weekend was uh, UCF Baylor. UCF gets up. You know, they have a 35-7 lead. Look like they're going to get their first uh, Big 12 slated W. And then Baylor is able to come all the way back. Blake Shapin didn't look, didn't look bad at all. Monterey Baldwin had a very big day. The play of the entire weekend slate was probably um, was probably uh, the the UCF quarterback. I'm not crazy. Fourth down scramble all over the place. Uh, Timmy McLean, I believe, was his name, uh, just to get a completion to keep the game going. They ended up not getting it done, but more innovation that we didn't get to see a lot of. And then West Virginia, you know, they're kind of the talk of the Big 12 right now. Picked to finish dead last. Neil Brown coaching for his job. John Paul Richardson made a very good account of himself for TCU, but West Virginia's defense is for real. Garrett Green does what he needs to do when he needs to do it, and it, it's kind of reminiscent of Oklahoma State 2021. Not, not full on. I think, obviously, we had more talent, but they lean on the defense. The defense is mean. They're dirty. They're gritty. They're nasty. They take care of business. The offense does what it needs to do. They have a very mobile quarterback, and they have a pretty decent backup in Nico Markiel. Good job, Neil Brown. Now, going to Morgantown is nobody's favorite part of the season. It's not on anybody's list for something to look forward to. And then again, as an ex-Cowboys are concerned, right, uh, Boogie, Savon Johnson had a pretty big first half for Houston. Obviously, Trace Ford's been able to do some work. Don Richardson, not not just from a productivity standpoint, but they were able to use him as eye candy quite a bit to get some of the linebackers and safeties to cheat up, especially in the red zone, which opened up some of the plays on the outside. So even in the times they weren't utilizing Dominic Richardson, they were able to utilize him as eye candy, which the defense had to respect. It was fun. You know, Mason Cobb is having a blast out there, loving the game of football, having a massive impact for, for USC. And Jabbar Muhammad, he continues to kill it at Washington. And so it's actually, you know, it, it wasn't bad. It wasn't a bad weekend slate. It, it wasn't, you know, disparaging, in my personal opinion, to see some of these guys have fun, have some success, be involved in some comebacks. They were involved in some losses as well. Big plays, bad plays. But I had a, a pretty good time watching Big 12 football and then some of our, our former Cowboys in action. It's a good time for re reflection. And just to know that, again, the talent gap isn't as crazy as people portray. We have talent. We had talent. We just need to take a peek into how some of these other places are able to utilize some of these guys and see if we're able to replicate that, to put them in the best positions for them to be successful as well. Just like. Brian Nardo was able to have some success on the recruiting trail this weekend, especially in the state of Texas. We'll get to that, but real quick, ladies and gentlemen, if you're looking for some opportunities of capitalization, tip of the cap to you. 
right? If you were part of the, the crew that bet on Baylor coming back and winning that UCF game, you probably had a pretty nice uh, bank account in the moment. But even if college football got on your nerves, NFL is here to possibly save the day, especially with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Guys, right now, our new customers get $200 back in bonus bets, guaranteed, when you place a $5 bet. Again, that's 200 bucks back in bonus bets, win or lose. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's literally no better time. The app is safe, secure, super easy to use. There's a wide range of things to bet on from spreads, player props, over-under, the, the money line in and of itself, obviously, Heisman, future, conference winners, what the next drive is going to amount to or look like. So put yourself in the best position to capitalize on some dollar-dollar bills. Go to FanDuel.com. Slash locked on, locked on, all being one word, and kick off the NFL season, at least for you, with FanDuel. Get your money right. Go to FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Visit FanDuel.com and include any of these money lines or player props or anything you think can capitalize your wallet. Capitalization. That's the name of the game, is it not? And if it is the name of the game, then we do have to tip another cap to Brian Ardo. Now, I know that all of the coaches were out doing their bidding as far as the recruiting trail goes, but I personally only had updates from the Brian Ardo side of things. So it was massive, right? I, I can tell you this was a trip that was absolutely needed. It was essential. A lot of these players needed this to have an in-person, in-school, one-on-one type of visit with Brian Nardo. It was good to put some minds at ease that no matter what happens, good, bad, ugly, and different, Brian Nardo is the ticket, right? The defensive guys love the dude. So him going able, being able to personally see Jonathan Agumadu, Armstrong Notum, Gunnar Wilson, you know, uh, David Cabongo, Landon Cleveland, Luke, Luke Webb just keeps getting better every single week. Brian Taylor still you know, he's still on the table, but the fact that he's now swinging with the big boys, right? It used to be primarily just Oklahoma state and Utah on him. Now it's everybody, Auburn, Mississippi state, Oklahoma state, Auburn, Utah, Baylor, you name it. The sec is getting pretty heavily involved. Hopefully this is one of those deals that us being involved very early on is still massively beneficial for us. Love what we're seeing. It's Merrick Johnson, Willie Nelson, Still has ways to ascend higher and higher and higher as far as some of the guys uh, who are going to be big for us. And we're still not completely out. I'm, I'm talking about Kylan Reed and Bo Tate, both looking at some Baylor guys. Legend Journey shouldn't be out there. You could make the argument for, you know, somebody like, uh, I, I really want to see Devon Jordan, right? The guy from Tulsa Union become a cowboy. Haven't heard a lot from that, you know, kind of still licking our wounds, wounds as far as the slightly depressed category goes. But it comes to Danny Okoye, right? Parents of Cowboys, big time, big time lineman, state of Oklahoma. You want to secure some of the Okies. And his parents are big time Oklahoma State fans. And he just didn't feel like um, it was reciprocated. He felt like he wanted to be at Oklahoma State far more than Oklahoma State wanted him. So he didn't get a lot of love, which kind of, you know, that sucks. But here's what we can take solace in this weekend. is crucial as it was for Brian Ardo to get face-to-face 
you know, one-on-one with these guys again so they could kind of re-engage and not get so enamored with people like Jeff Taylor and G.J. Kenny all the time. It's good to hear that we're not just swinging for, for the proverbial fences with Kobe Black. You know, we love our legacies. and We've been struggling mightily with a lot of these legacy brothers that have, you know, brothers already on the roster. This would be massive. And it would be a phenomenal look for, for Mike Gundy. But I'm hearing that the trip to Waco went very well. That this isn't smoke and mirrors. This isn't Kobe Black just, you know, making everybody feel good because his brother Corey's on the roster. This is real. Landing Kobe Black seems to be a more realistic possibility the more time goes on. You would like to think the same can be said for somebody like a Malake Smith. Hopefully the, the visits with Trey Griffiths, right? State of Texas, but not exactly Brian Nardo's wheelhouse being an offensive guy. Hopefully that's all still looking good. We're still Oklahoma State University. No matter what happens, no matter what's transpiring, the athletic village is coming, the investment from people on Pokes with a Purpose, which, by the way, Spread that thing far and wide. Ladies and gentlemen, there's a purpose behind the pushing of folks with a purpose. And the purpose now is you just have to send a message to Chad Weiberg. Chad Weiberg needs to know that the fans, students, whomever, we can, in fact, rally together and come up with significant chunks of of money if it's going to equal something. And we know that Kenyatta and Keaton and some of the other guys that are very heavily involved with folks with a purpose are going to be instrumental to the future success of Oklahoma State. With done, without done, whenever the time for Gundy to, to go is, it doesn't matter. Folks with a purpose isn't going anywhere. Our ability to reach and, and, and teach recruits and people in the transfer market at other schools that Oklahoma State is a destination for a reason. We should be at the top of the new Big 12. Everybody in America is very well aware of that. As much shade as, as OU and Texas fans like to throw sometimes at our way, 90% of any OU or Texas fan, if you ask them on the street, who should be at the top of the new Big 12, they'll all tell you Oklahoma State. So again, we watched this last weekend. It's not as big as a, a talent gap difference. And Brian Nardo's kind of proving that on the recruiting trail. There is some hysteria, as there should be. It's all rightfully so, but things look good with Brian Nardo. No matter what happens, good, bad, ugly, indifferent, don't see him going anywhere. Don't see JW going anywhere, or Benny, or or John Wozniak, running back coach. We still have more than enough ties to keep things rocking and rolling appropriately. And it'll continue to show us that it's not as big of a talent gap issue as it is putting players in the best positions to be successful schematically. And it's got to be fun. Guys, if they're not smiling and enjoying the process and, and the fight that it takes to go through the Big 12 grind with their brothers, with each other, then that's when you, you kind of know you have bigger problems. So, again, this is a bye week. This is an opportunity for us to come out swinging against a team that drug us through the mud, took us behind a woodshed, and beat the absolute 
tar out of us last year. So it should still be feasible that the talent can step up and provide. I refuse to be in the camp that our talent alone is not going to still win us a game or two for sure, no matter what happens. But this will be a good test to see where we go from here. Do we go up, right? Do we have some ability to trend upwards after the Kansas State game? Because KU, you know, they're dealing with some injuries. So we're going to catch them following K-State in Stillwater a little bit beaten down. So can we capitalize on this bye week, beat K-State, give us a position to beat KU, and then the season is still not only salvageable, but you're right there in the thick of the Big 12 race. Again, does it look super likely? No. But it's possible. It's very possible because we still have enough talent to do it. We just got to scheme our way into some stuff. All right, y'all. That's all we're going to have for this one right here. As always, I appreciate you stopping by to make this your first listen here on Locked On Oklahoma State. You could be anywhere. So happy you choose to be here. A lot of stuff still to play for. And the talent needs to speak volumes this go-round. All right, y'all. God bless. Go, folks. Later, taters.